0: I think what they really liked was people riding around on horses and shooting things and being executed.
1: This is 100 Years, 100 Objects, stories from the collections of Lancaster City Museums. I'm Rachel Roberts, the Collections Registrar for Lancaster City Museums, and today we'll be looking at the stories behind another object from our collections as we celebrate 100 years of our museums. Today, we're looking at an image that tells one of Lancaster's most enduring myths in full colour. It's also an object that draws on two parts of local history simultaneously, even though they're over 500 years apart. Today's object is a painting of John of Gaunt riding through Lancaster, done by Fred Kirkshaw. This painting is actually one of a series of similar images that Fred Kirkshaw painted in 1913 for the Lancaster Historical Pageant. They're all the same size, roughly the same as an A4 piece of paper. This one shows John of Gaunt riding through Lancaster on a white horse and dressed in chain mail and red, blue and gold livery. He rides with other knights or noblemen and is surrounded by a crowd of people dressed in an array of bright colours, waving and cheering as he passes. We spoke to Dr Mike Winstanley about the picture, and the many stories that it can tell. He began by explaining what the image was showing, and what the story of John of Gaunt's horseshoe was.
0: The scene shows John of Gaunt, or a portrayal of what John of Gaunt might have been like, but he looks remarkably like Alderman William Briggs, who played the part for this, and he's going past Horseshoe Corner, which is where Penny Street, Market Street, Cheapside and St Nicholas Arcade all meet. And his horse is allegedly shedding a shoe and the person behind is running after him trying to sort of point this out. And therefore it's the origins of the view that John of Gaunt's horse shed a horseshoe when he was visiting Lancaster on one occasion. And ever since then they've been putting the horseshoe back in Horseshoe Corner.
1: We asked Mike to tell us why this image was created and what the Lancaster pageant actually was.
0: This image was created in 1913 as a group of six. It's the only paintings I know of by Fred Kirkshaw because he worked otherwise in textile designs. Six images taken from the historical pageant of that year. They show variously the arrival of Agricola in Lancaster, a King John presenting the charter. Uh, they all look like pictures I remember from Ladybird books when I was young, those sorts of things. There's one of the Pilgrimage of Grace and the dissolution of the Monasteries. There's one of the witches, of course. There's John of Gaunt, this picture, and there's one of bon- Bonnie Prince Charlie as well. So it's portrayed as a watercolour, which you've got, but it's also then reproduced as a sort of postcard size, and it's sold as part of the programme for the pageant of 1913, which has a list of all the cast and some pictures of the people involved. In the Edwardian period, it became very fashionable to stage outdoor mass spectacles portraying the history of an area and its connections with national history if possible to try and make it an important sort of educational tool as well but also to celebrate the town. The first one was in Sherbourne in 1905 and then there were ones in York and Dover and Colchester and Chester. Liverpool did one to celebrate its 700 years of the charter in 1907. Lancaster was 1913 but in a way it was shamed into it by the fact that Halton just up the valley, put one on in 1912, which also had John of Gaunt in it. That was a a big success, made a profit, and I think Lancaster felt if Holton could do it, they would have to do it. So they created a huge structure. It was all done voluntarily. There was no money from the council or arts heritage grants or anything like that. It was going to be a, a performance every day of the week, for a whole week in August Bank Holiday Week. They needed a cast of about 1,800, They had to make all the costumes. They were made in what is now the City Museum by the Ladies' Committee. They made the props. They were done at the Story Institute. They had a script written by a man called Halliwell Sutcliffe, who was a Yorkshire author, very prolific, now largely forgotten. He wrote the script. They produced a programme. They did this artwork, composed music, about to build a grandstand. They had to advertise, print all the tickets. It's an amazing sort of venture for a voluntary activity. And they had to have a pageant master who would direct it and that was the Reverend Harold Hastings. Can you think of a better name for a pageant master than Harold and Hastings? And he was the Reverend at Holton, and he'd been the pageant master then, so he was the obvious choice. And he bade Bonnie Prince Charlie, he grabbed that one. Then they had an, a committee to decide what scenes should be shown. Well, they had to have John of Gaunt, Duke of Lancaster. They had to have him. They had to have something about the Romans. But what else? They left out the Civil War, because I don't think they were quite sure which side parliamentarians or royalists they should take. But after that, the dissolution of the monasteries, pilgrimage of grace, they very much sided with the old view of that rather than the new reformation. They clearly liked Charles II, who passed through the town in 1651. And he's shown exactly as you imagine Charles II would be once he was monarch, but he'd only be a young man of about 20 then. He just passed through, but that will do. They had the earls of Derby, the Earl of Derby, and the men of the Loon Valley going off to fight at Flodden Field, And they were all played by people from the Loon Valley. And they had two on the Jacobites. They had to have the witches, of course. And, of course, they had to have King John's Charter. Although they weren't originally going to portray that. They were going to portray him coming to Lancaster in 1206, because he did visit and receiving ambassadors from the French court and have homage from the King of Scotland, Alexander, till somebody pointed out in in the press that um, Alexander wasn't King of Scots at the time, and there was no evidence that the French ambassadors ever came here. So they had to scrub that, so they threw in the charter instead. So they're basically celebrating key events in Lancaster's history, but stopping in 1745. There's nothing about the West Indies or industrialisation. And this was performed every night for a week on the site of Springfield Hall grounds, which is now the Royal Infirmary. It's debatable how much of the text people could hear but, but So what they were able to do was to buy a book of words, which was the script. Um, I think what they really liked was people riding around on horses and shooting things and being executed, I think. Probably the text was, you know, secondary. There was a bit of a scare that some of the suffragettes had put something in one of the tents, but that turned out to be a, a scare. They were fortunate with the weather. They made a profit of £1,000, which was a lot of money in those days. And they gave that to the Royal Lancaster Infirmary for a women's bed one bed (laughs) because that was all supported voluntarily as well in those days there wasn't any national health so it was viewed as a big success I think for Lancaster at that point and two more pageants were done later in the century another outdoor one with the Reverend Harold Hastings again involved but that was over at Torres Home Way and then there was an indoor pageant in 1953 in the Ashton Hall and that did come up to the 20th century so it it was part of a, a nationwide Well, international, because there were pageants in America, Canada, Australia, South Africa. Pageantitis, somebody had called it. So Lancaster was part of that. And these little paintings were done to portray the key scenes as momentum.
1: So now we know about the pageant. Let's find out a little bit more about the man being depicted,
0: John of Gaunt. He was the fourth son of Edward III and father of Henry IV, and also a bit of a protector for Richard II a lot of the time. Uh, And he married Blanche, who was the daughter of the Duke of Lancaster, Henry Grossmont, and because of that he inherited the title, or he inherited half the dukedom, and then he got the lot when her sister died the year after, so he became Duke of Lancaster. Time-honoured Lancaster from Shakespeare's days. The Duchy of Lancaster owned land all over the country, not just in Lancashire. And it didn't own very much in Lancaster itself, really, but it did own the castle. The interesting thing about Lancashire, it was a palatine, which was like a self-governing part of the country, (laughs) because it was ungovernable from London. So they said to the Duke, the whole of the county, whether you own that land is yours, effectively, to run. You can have your courts, your assizes, and you hold them in the castle. Therefore, he's always been associated, because of his title, with Lancaster. It was asked when they were putting the pageant together, the same man who queried about King John, he wrote to the press and said, did John of Gaunt ever come to Lancaster? This caused a bit of a panic, because the stories were of John of Gaunt coming regularly to his favourite city, holding courts and pageantry in the castle, all very grand, all very romantic, imagined. And they could find no documentary evidence themselves that he'd ever come. So they had to get the biographer to actually say, well, and this is the way it was phrased, he probably passed through the town in the 1380s, way after Blanche had died, although she's shown in the pageant. And he was probably here for more time in the 1390s, suppressing the rebellions in the north, which isn't quite what you'll get in the pageant. He's a very happy man, loves children, allegedly, although this has been heavily questioned, introduced Morris dancing into the country. So there's lots of Morris dancing going on in this. But there was a a legend, and that's what it was at the time, that his horse had come and dropped the shoe. And they could not put it in, otherwise all the locals would have objected. But there's absolutely no evidence that the horse dropped a shoe. But it's probably more likely the site of the horse market. The first references to it are the 1830s. And that's what this portrays, is this imaginary scene of John of Gaunt coming through. The same sort of invention happened with King John, with the Charter, because it was signed in France, it wasn't presented here. <laughs> to finish off, Mike
1: brought us back to the painting itself by telling us a little bit about the man who painted it.
0: Fred Shaw was a designer for stories, for table bays, and he worked for them, I think, all his life. So he came here as a young man in his early 20s, in the 1890s, and he trained initially at the Story Institute and was a pupil there and then spent his life working for stories and died in Scotforth in 1954 and I think he's buried up in Scotforth. He lived in Bowerham at the time that this painting was made and that would be, he'd be about 40 then. So he was a key sort of figure into art and design within the stories who were the major promoters of the, the, the pageant.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of 100 Years, 100 Objects. Don't forget to listen to our other episodes where we'll be discussing a range of topics from potsherds to postcards.